If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I want to make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pull back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3x increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from $8,000 per month, for example, to $20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Menches, and I'm so excited to have my guest here today, Andrew Fuller. I've known Andrew and his family for over a year now. It's not very long. I feel like I'm almost part of the Fuller family, like maybe a distant cousin. I just want to say hello, Andrew, and thank you for being here, and welcome to the Double Your Sales Now show. Hello, Ursula. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? Happy New Year. I'm fantastic and ready for the new year. <laughs> Amen to that. I think we all are. It's the time to put 27 behind us, and it's the perfect time to talk with you and your business growth and development. So I'm going to share with everybody a little bit about your background. I met Andrew through his wife, Lisa Fuller, who I met through Polkadot. So many, many lanes and lead us back to um, the Polkadot world. And I also interviewed Kayla Fuller. If you haven't listened to um, her interview, Kayla is actually Andrew's daughter, and she's a millennial who's just kicking butt and taking names. I love to say millennial because they get such a bad rap, but she um, had a phenomenal interview with her a few weeks ago, so definitely tune in to what she's up to. The Fuller family uh, has been in the business, um, not all of the Fuller family, but some of the Fuller family members, and it's been fun to get to know them. Andrew's actually owned two businesses and has been self-employed since he was 21. He's worked his way up from a part-time recruit in 2003 to working for one of the top five organizations in the U.S. and Canada for the last 10 years. And the name of that, so we talk about that company, we, we call it Rainbow in our world. I have a rainbow. And since joining Rainbow, Andrew and his team have helped over 500 people get their product for free and guided dozens to management positions and to open up their own rainbow offices in three states. And just over the last 36 months, months Andrew and his team have delivered over 10,000 units to happy clients. Wow. And I was one of those happy clients, by the way. I love my rainbow. And finally, his drive has always been to help others get what they want, which has led to success for his family and helping him achieve what he wants. It's kind of what Zig Ziglar said. I love it. You know, when you help enough people get what they want, you get what you want. So, Andrew, um, I just, you know, I, I, I want to jump in. I mean, you've been self-employed since you were 21. So tell us a little bit about your story growing up. Um, how did you end up making the decision to start a business at the ripe old age of 21? Well, my family has um, 
been in the area where I grew up since 1918 and my uh, great grandfather came and opened a business. So the entrepreneur spirit has been passed down from generation to generation. And I grew up working in my grandma's business. and I just saw a different side of the self-employment side and it just always intrigued me um, to, to be self-employed. So what was their business? Uh, my grandfather had one of the first Texaco gas stations in the central Wisconsin. And he also had a general store and like a dance hall back in the 1920s. And then my grandmother also had a hotel with a um, full service bar. And then many of the other relations that still live in the area have smaller businesses too. No way. Wow. And were they, were they born in the United States? No, my great grandfather and grandmother came from Poland and they came over through Ellis Island. And I just got to go out there and do some research and find them, you know, written on, on the uh, documents that was there. So that was exciting for me, but um, I just always have felt that way. It's been something that's been in, I can't explain. It's been in my body, in my system to be self-employed since probably I would say grade school. I mean, I've always been doing that. So if you're selling Christmas cards or seeds door to door back in the seventies, you know, for the different programs for school, I was always the top salesperson. I was always out going door to door doing that in the neighborhood. It's amazing. So it was really this um, this thing that's been passed down from generation to generation. And did you, I'm assuming you, did you know your great-grandparents? No, I did not, unfortunately. But okay. I heard a lot of stories from my grandmother, of course. I love that your grandmother owned, did you say a hotel with a bar? Correct, yes. she. When I was five years old, she purchased that and sold it, I think, when I was 18. But in the summers, I would stay with her. So I started sweeping floors, stocking coolers, all that type of work. And you know, she taught me how to handle money, what she was paying for a band on Friday night. She was always um, invested in me and teaching me what was going on, not, not just making me work. And, and you know, it wasn't typical. I mean, it's sad, but true. I mean, women haven't been business owners. It hasn't been a thing for very long where it was accepted. So, I mean, was it, you know, how did your grand, do you remember like how, was she, it sounds like she was really confident. I mean, how did she feel about business ownership? Which sounds like she was really proud of it. Was there anything, was it ever hard because she was a woman? Well, she had grown up in it too, you know, being that her parents had that business. So she always worked it and it's just what she knew. And another story about uh, Grandma Lil, she was also one of the first women sheriffs in Wisconsin. So she was also sheriff for a while in that small town. And from there, she transitioned into buying that business. Wow. I love it. I love it. I'm not surprised. I mean, I know Kayla, I know your wife, like there's lots of strong women um, in your family and in your lineage. So, so, uh, Andrew, I want you to think back to your first business. I mean, you grew up in the, the business world, but did you ever have any limiting beliefs about sales or selling? I mean, it sounds like people in, in just gave you a lot of confidence, but was there anything that got you tripped up or limited when you were out there selling? Yes. When I first started in Rainbow, I was still in that same community, which is not... Um, it was like the third poorest community in Wisconsin at the time. Of course, it's had some growth now. So when I purchased the first product and started working for them, I, my limiting belief was that um, there wouldn't be the financial money in the households I was going to to purchase this product, you know, even though I knew they needed it. And that limiting belief, of course, was crushed right away because once I started showing the product and how much the passion for it and how much it really works, um, we just took right off. And we had sold more units in six months in that area than any other place in the state at that time, um, which led to promotion. So my, my first limiting belief, I, I believe, was that. And um, I crushed it myself by just going out and, and, and working and finding out it wasn't true. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, you know, I think that that's a limiting belief for a lot of people that, you know, people aren't going to be able to pay for what I have. And so, I mean, think back, if you would, because I'm sure this is one that people who are listening you know, maybe even have coming up 
right now or it came up this morning on a sales call. But how did, like, in the moment, you know, you had this family or this couple sitting in front of you, the limiting belief comes up, or they're not going to be able to afford this. How did you manage those limiting beliefs in the beginning? What did you say to yourself? How did you stay in the role of salesperson to walk them through the process all the way to buying it? Well, for me, it's asking a lot of questions and finding out what their needs are because every presentation has got to be a little bit different. It's got to be customized for the people. And then once I get to know them a little bit, then I can explain that there's more savings involved than spending, that the health benefits of our product, of course, are going to outweigh what they're currently using and just put that together. And it's just, uh, you know, there's an old cliche of making a friend. You can really get to know people if you slow down, ask questions. And then something you've taught me is be an active listener. And, if, you know, don't just ask the question and go to your next. Find out who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, and you do that well naturally. I mean, you're, you seem very curious about people. And I, I have to tell you, um, so for our listeners, Andrew met my son, Luca, at the book signing a couple months ago. And to this day, Andrew, he still talks about you. You're the guy who gave him the $2 bill. And he tells you, it's Andrew. I Mr. He calls you Mr. Andrew as he nice. should, who gave me the $2 bill. And he tells, you know, lots of people. And I love that because we want to, you know, instill a great relationship with money with our son. And you've shared with me that you, you collect a lot of coins. You, you know, I know you, you and Lisa have lived, like, I feel like you guys have a great relationship with money. Did you ever have any strange relationships about money? Or what can you share with our listeners about how you, like the relationship you have with money? Because to me, it seems very healthy. And um, well, and so does so is your relationship with your family. Like you're very close to your family as well. It seems like those two always tie very closely together. What can you share with us? Well, my same grandma Lil, who was a big inspiration to me. She's still alive. She just uh, turned 91. She oh, wow. um, started me coin collecting at about four years old, and then she started putting in a sense of worth of money. You know how to carry it in your pocket, how to take care of it, and because of that, I, I was always um, interested in it. And then I did the same for my children, too. So, you know, some of them catch on to it and they want to do it. But I think that um, when the children are little, they need to learn how to handle money and teach the stuff that's not being taught in the schools. And we'll have a lot of less uh, problems with, you know, people in their 20s going into debt and not not living, you know, the life they want. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm in learning mode here, Andrew, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. But any tips, like specific things that you did with your kids to teach them about how to have a good relationship with money and how not to get into debt. Like what are some of the things that you did specifically with them? If you wouldn't mind sharing. Well, we had some rental properties at the time. And I remember the children were little when we, when we still lived in that, in that same town and a gentleman that was um, renting from us had stopped by to pay his rent and he had paid in cash. So after he left, I, you know, I had all the, stop breaking the leaves. It came over. I let him hold on to the money. It was cash, you know, and just explain to him that we're making this money by allowing this gentleman to live in our other house and just saying that there's other ways, you know, to move forward and get ahead. So that way they could actually hold on to hundred dollar bills at a young age. It wasn't like I was hiding it from or anything. And right. then of course with uh, checking accounts and, you know, how to uh, balance the checkbooks and all the things that, you know, can also lead to trouble if they don't understand it. Um, I, I just, always had them involved in the conversation. And, the, and my first business I had, I would take the cho- one of the children per time with me on the road sometimes for three or four days. And when they're with me in the car, I talk to them like they're an adult and we just go over stuff. And some of it they might not understood, but I'm sure it's all instilled in them now. I just kept explaining, you know, adult type situations financially. So, so good. Thank you for sharing that. Like, and yeah, yeah one more quick. Like my son, Chaz, would always talk about driving trucks or driving buses. And I said, well, why don't you start the business and own the bus company, own the trucking company, and drive whichever one you want when you want? And, you know, Chaz just started his first uh, bus company um, last month. 
I know you were telling me about that. That is so amazing. <laughs> I've met Chaz. I mean, he's got such a positive attitude. I met Kayla. I haven't met your other daughter. I mean, everybody in your family just, I'm sure everything they touch turns to gold, but it's because you've instilled this, this possibility for them that, you know, anything is possible, whatever they want, and you're so supportive. I mean, it's such a great reminder for all of us as parents that, you know, to be that hands-on with our kids. And you're right. I mean, unfortunately, entrepreneurship is not taught in most schools. I've heard there's some charter schools, but it's pretty rare. And so if it's not happening in school, it's got to happen at home. So I love just, you know, what you've shared about that. So, Andrew, I'm curious, like, um, when you look back at your business life, I know you shared a limiting belief about sales, but was there any, were there any other limiting beliefs that you had about money or creating the lifestyle that you created today or anything in the past that got in your way that you've shifted to get where you are now? Yes, when I first um, started with second business with Rainbow, I tried to do everything myself and, and I just got kind of burned out and I realized that I couldn't grow. And, but I also thought that if I let somebody else do it, we, we might lose and the business would fail. And what I found out is when I started running training sessions and leadership meetings and passing some of that um, ownership, uh, what I mean, the business and the responsibilities, we actually took off faster than ever. And, you know, sometimes we doubled our sales, sometimes even tripled our sales. And that led to new outlets and new opportunities for other families, which was what I wanted to do from the beginning. So, I mean, that my limiting belief in, in struggles was not sharing the responsibility because I thought other people couldn't do it as well. Mm. So hard for so many entrepreneurs, right? To, to ask, Number one, ask for help. Number two, be willing to turn things over. Um, I guess what have you learned in that area that's helped you the most? Like what have you learned about delegating or asking for help that, that you think about often now that really serves you well? Well, I have the 80-20 rule where they can do the position or that um, at least 80% as good as I think I can, because sometimes, you know, you think you're better than you are. But by doing that, they get that on-the-job experience. Because if you don't give them a chance to make a few mistakes and let them know, hey, you made a mistake, here's where we can fix it, they're never going to develop themselves and they might end up working for another company. So you got to give them that chance, you know, to let them grow. That's a great reminder. Yep. And just help them help them learn, because otherwise, you know, how are they going to get there? So we know that you've doubled, quadrupled. You, I mean, you've sold like 10,000 units in the past 36 months. That's a lot of sales, you and your team. When you look back, Andrew, what are the top uh, two to three or two strategies that you've used to double or triple your sales in the past? If you have three, awesome. If you have two, that's fine too. Okay. One of the biggest ones, which is how I met you, is personal development for myself. You know, not, you know, thinking there's nothing else I can learn. I, I'm really in... in I've really grabbed the whole of the personal development and try to try to keep learning myself so that I can share that and help the people underneath me. That one is huge to keep yourself, you know, learning. Mm -hmm. um, another one that sounds really basic was a two notebook system where you just take two legal pads and one is to write your list out in the morning for your personal duties and the other one for your self-employment business duties and then crossing it off and what didn't get done that day, moving it to the next page the next day. And it's amazing how you can take somebody, um, you know, most of the people that are self-employed, like myself, where our brains are always moving fast. So it's a way to slow us down and get us focused on the next task. So that was really helpful. And then I would say this is number one, Ursula. Have fun and enjoy the ride. If you're stressed out, worried all the time and driving yourself nuts, why are you doing it? You got to take a deep breath, look at your accomplishments, pat yourself on the back and have fun. <laughs> right. That, that is the secret to the law of attraction. I think having fun, feeling good. But here's the thing, Andrew. 
how do we do that if we're having a bad day, a bad month, or a bad year? Because I'm sure there's people who are listening that are having a down time. I mean, was there ever a time when, you know, when you look back, I'm sure in the trajectory of your businesses there have been, what did you do during the tough times to not only stay in business but to keep moving forward? And what have you learned from that? Um, for me, it's uh, leaning on the people around me that are positive influences in my life, the mentors, the family members, and just talking to them. Because there's been times when I've been down even recently, and I've said some statements, you know, that are a little bit more negative, which isn't my personality. And the awesome thing is, is they grab me right away and they'll build me back up and say, hey, what are you talking about? Look at what we accomplished. Look at where we're going. And then it gets me to shake it out of my head and move forward. Another one I just did this morning, you know, drive, driving to my meeting was, uh, you know, how you have some negative thoughts can run through your brain and you beat yourself up. Then I just took a deep breath and I started saying to myself all the positives that I have in my life. And if you just say the positives and you're smiling and you just do it to yourself, you can bring yourself out of that negativity zone back into the positive zone. It's, it's just a mindset. Isn't that the truth? So true. And I know that, I mean, you're an expert in business growth and business development. You've successfully, very successfully grown businesses for yourself. You've helped a lot of other people grow businesses. What are your top two to three strategies in the areas of business growth and development that you teach your team members? Well, one of the things is that um, if you if you got to watch out for dream stealers and dream stealers are family members or friends that you're all excited about your opportunity, your business company you're working for and you share it with them and then they crush you. And um, you're, they try to take your excitement away. Why people do that, I don't know. But you have to be able to be careful and don't let somebody steal away your energy and your fire where you want to go. So I talk about that early on in our business because there's going to be an uncle or an aunt or a sister or a brother that say something that could just wreck a person for the rest of their lives. So I wanted to be prepared for that. So that's one for sure. And so um, with a dream stealer, let's, let's go there. So let's say that happens. What do you advise people to do in that moment? Let's say it's a trusted aunt, right? You have a great relationship with her. She's a mentor. You really value her, her opinion. And immediately she just squashes your dream. What do you do? Well, what I do in those situations, I say, okay, um, well, if they're there live in the situation, they have to set the appointment and show the product. So that way she can make an educated decision on what she sees, not what she thinks. Mm. Because so many people are so quick to hear something about a product that maybe they heard it secondhand. They don't even know about it, but they're willing to say that's a bad career for you. Or they feel something in network marketing isn't a real career because you're not, you know, working at the factory or doing, doing a traditional job. So I just prepare them and build them up and say, hey, look at all the success we've had. Look at the people around you. You know, we're here to support you, but make sure you show the end and then see what our opinion is. My father did that same thing to me when I first started. And if I were to listen to what he was saying, I never would have went forward. I wouldn't be talking to you today. And instead, I set an appointment with him, went and show, showed him, and he purchased one. And he's been my biggest supporter. Wow. Has it ever happened where someone on your team did that and the person – maybe still wasn't as positive and you had to kind of talk them through that? Yeah. Then it's just building their confidence that, Hey, that's one person you, you purchased it. You know, you love it. You know, it works. Here's some more testimonials. Um, let's go to the next show. Who are we going to show? And just getting them off that negative path and getting to the, to the next um, customer, the next person that you're going to speak to. You can't dwell on that stuff because you can't control it. Got it. I know you've managed a ton of salespeople, Andrew, over the years. I mean, what, when you look at a, that salespeople or you're looking at bringing people on board, what are the reasons you think people succeed in sales and what are the reasons that you think they fail? Great question. Um, I believe it's the energy 
and their belief in the product, they have to believe in what they're doing or it's going to be hard. Because if you've ever worked a position in a company or did something and you just didn't believe in what you were doing, you're going to struggle. So I early on when I meet them, I go through you know our price points, what our product does, and I really make sure that they understand everything that's going on. I educate them on it, and I teach all my uh, leaders to do the same. we got to have that conversation because if they think our price point's too high, how are they going to show it to anybody? So we cover all that. that. That's one way for sure. And then the other thing is being a leader, not a boss. And when they come into our environment, they're in a fun environment. Um, even if they stay with us, Ursula, for a small period of time or a long period of time, they're going to leave here with knowledge and energy to take to other jobs for the rest of their life and maybe a different way to treat their family. It's just all positive. It's so true. And it's, it's a great point of, of, you know, the people who, who make it, some people – don't, but no matter what, like you said, taking the next step might lead them to something else or it might lead them to the career to continue with you. So, um, Andrew, before I ask you to share more about how our listeners can connect with you and when you have a really cool offer, I just want to like just some final advice from you. You know, it's, we, ha- we have a, we have listeners in over 50 countries now around the world. I mean, so some are starting businesses in probably pretty bleak situations. We have people in the United States who have a lot of opportunities at their fingertips, but their mindset might be a little bit stuck. What's your best advice for people to make 2018 the best year that they could imagine? Well, the number one word that you have to have for yourself is confidence. Because when you're around your sales team, or maybe you're the only person just getting started, you have to bring the confidence to the environment, whether it's a phone call or an in-person Say a sales situation, your confidence and your belief is what they have to see. And of course, your um, compassion and passion or passion for the product. They got to know that you believe. So that's number one with yourself and how you carry yourself for sure. And then you got to have a strategy and goals set up weekly and monthly. And you got to get some little wins. Don't make your goals so high that you can't get a little victory. And I'm telling you, those pats on the back for yourself are huge. And take the time that when you do hit this to do something nice for yourself. You know, go to the spot, do something. You got to have something that's a win for me. Like, for example, when we were coming up in the ranks, um, of course, I had some debt I had to pay off. So that was the thing I had to do to make the money. But what was the reward? The reward was to take um, all our, our family to Orlando to Universal Studios. So that way there's something fun that I'm working for at the same time I'm developing and paying off, you know, the debt. It's, you know, there's got to be something in it for you, too. That's fun. Yeah, great reminder. And so set the goals, but don't make them so unachievable and have some small wins along the way and then also have something at the end to look forward to. I love it. Sage advice. So, Andrew, I know um, somebody might be interested in getting a rainbow or learning more about rainbow or even learning more about the opportunity with rainbow. Can you tell us, um, and you have something special for everyone, how to get more um, from you, but also um, what you have available for them? Yes, we have an advantage of, um, you can take our, um, an opportunity to take advantage of today. It's our um, $160 little Rainmate air purifier. It'll make your room smell good. You can use it as a vaporizer. And all you have to do is um, text your name to 715-305-3405 and use the code FRESHAIR. And then one of our ladies in the office will contact you back and explain the details on how you can do that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew. And um, I just want to wish you and the Fuller family the most amazing year. I know it's going to be epic for you guys. It's the most amazing year that you can imagine. And congratulations on all of your past success. Thanks for being here today. Yes, and Ursula, I want to thank you and your team for all the help, not only that you've given me, but my whole sales force. And we really appreciate you. Oh, my gosh. It's been an honor to be part of 
part of Rainbow, part of your team, and an extended part of the Fuller family. I'm going to call myself a distant cousin. So thanks again, awesome. Andrew. And thanks, everybody, for listening all over the world. We love hearing from you. You can email me directly at Ursula, U-R-S-U-L-A, at salescoachnow.com. Let's have a free gift for you. So when you go to the website, salescoachnow.com, um, the main page, you can see we have a video series called Sales Secrets of the Top 10%. You can go ahead and grab a copy of that. That'll help you um, grow your sales this year immediately, and it's free. How does it get better than that? And finally, um, if you haven't been to a sales camp yet, check it out. You can go to salescoachnow.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click on the sales camp icon to learn more and hear what some of our clients had to say. We'd love to support you in your sales growth this year. I just want to really encourage all of you to make 2018 your most epic year yet. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now.